Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. He's done it again. Marcus Rashford on his Premier League debut. Aguero! Harry Kane does it again for Tottenham Hotspur. Leicester City. Leicester City are the champions of England. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. You are listening to the FanRag Sports Premier League podcast. My name is Sebastian Noren, and with me is Polly Quistel. Elliot is uh, moving on throughout Europe. I don't know exactly where he's at right now, but we will have his thoughts on Arsenal in a little mobile hot take that we'll insert into this recording. First and foremost, Polly, how are things in New York City? The weather's getting nice. You That's know what good. that means. No, what does that mean? Squeaky bum time. Squeaky bum time. Yeah, weather is not too bad in Cincinnati right now. Uh, it's fairly warm, but we will have a lot of thunderstorms and craziness. You're coming. starting to experience seasons. This is called seasons. Yeah. Hey, I, I, I you know, I'm, I grew up in Sweden, so I know seasons. No, Sweden well. was just Sweden was just really freaking cold, and then not so cold, and then magically nice, and then really cold again. Yeah. Especially where I'm from, too. It rains a lot. It's uh, Sweden's equivalent to Seattle, I've heard. <laughs> the Manchester of Sweden. Yeah, the Manchester of Sweden, exactly. Yeah, we'll hit 86 degrees here on Wednesday, and then we got... Oh, th- not, yeah, we, we touched the 80s on Saturday, I think. And then we got mid 70s and mid 80s and just thunderstorms so that, that would be fun for my dog who hates thunder uh let's get into the i'm not, not gonna lie just to, yeah. to keep going on that weather on um, like I, I had a rough week last week and saturday it was like rainy and everything and i woke up saw it was cloudy saw it was gonna rain all day and i was like this is awesome i could sit on my couch all day and just watch tv yep. and not feel bad about it look unfortunately there was only one game on that was worth watching uh on saturday so that kind of sucked but well i feel that was the that's the thing too now though living in this type of weather where this actually weather it's like you're you're like oh it's nice outside i really should go outside whereas in whereas in whereas in california and arizona it was nice like 95 percent of the time so you're like oh i don't care it's gonna be sunny tomorrow too Right, but you're also like uh, you're not compelled to go work on your tan in California or Phoenix because you're perpetually tan. Yeah, although it w- would often turn out to be that you know t-shirt tan. Yeah, so I, I don't. That. I like, don't do days, tank tops. So these days, I see the. Um, I see that. Uh, I see that it gets nice, and I'm like, oh, I better go out and get my base layer. <laughs> yep. Okay, let's get into the football, though. We had some FA Cup semifinal action over the weekend. First, uh, Chelsea defeated Tottenham 4-2 on Saturday. Very entertaining game. Uh, Nemanja Matic with just, what a goal. What I mean, that was the perfect 
hit on that pass. Like you cannot hit hit that ball more cleanly. It was a really good game. Yeah. Um, I launched a theory right before the game. Um, I sent it to my friend saying, once you get my theory was once that you get to this stage of the FA Cup, um, it's an advantage to have the advantage goes to the team, especially when you when you have uh, literally four out of the top five teams in the Premier League playing in the, in the semifinals. And the advantage goes to the team with more English players, simply because they grew up watching the FA Cup, dreaming about the FA Cup, and they're the ones that are likely to seize the moment. Um, when you think about Rooney last year in the in the FA Cup, um, think about Jesse Lingard, uh, you know, players like that. I think the English players have the advantage. My theory immediately went to crap when Chelsea took a very quick lead, rebounded a bit when Harry Kane, Englishman, scored to tie it, went to crap again uh, when Chelsea took the lead again, and then Deli Alley, the other Englishman, tied it. So we were on some nice feet there, and then Chelsea pulled away. Mm-hmm. But we rebounded strongly the next day with Arsenal, who have players like Walcott and Oxlade Chamberlain, uh, who played really well, and Danny Welbeck, who played not as well, and Arsene Wenger, who at this point he spent like twenty years in England. He's pretty much English. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean that that game on Saturday did set the bar pretty high. I don't feel like we we didn't get really to that same level of uh, of game on Sunday. Although it did go to extra time, uh, Arsenal pulled out a two to one win over Manchester City. Uh, Alexis Sanchez coming up big there in extra time, not pretty, but hey, they all count. And here is Elliot's little hot mobile take on Arsenal and their FA Cup win over Manchester City. Now that the uh, revelry has died down a little bit from last night's victory, I feel that. I can probably put together a little bit of a mobile take. I don't know how hot it's going to be. It's certainly going to be impassioned, but um, I it, it's going to seem a platitude to say that this win was precisely what Arsenal needed, and yet I don't think that there's any way to overstate that fact because it's it's in so many different ways. It's not just that it means that by some miracle, despite the debacle that we've seen for much of this calendar year that has, you know, seen our season just, oh gosh. I mean, it's it's hard to speak about, to be honest, from an Arsenal standpoint. Um, it's been spineless. It's been spineless a lot of the time. And so it's not just that this win over Manchester City gives us at least a slim hope of securing silverware, granted we would have to beat Chelsea to do so, but regardless of the fact that it means another trip back to Wembley, regardless of the fact that it came against not Lincoln City, but in fact actual quality opposition in Manchester City, it was the way in which Arsenal won this match that I'm happiest with. Because we looked flat in the first half. I think that both teams had a solid penalty shout, Two goals also at either end called back for offside. But in the second half, Arsenal came out looking good. And granted, there was a bit of a, you know, falling asleep defensively to allow Aguero to get through on goal for City to score the first. Though I think that maybe Czech could have done a little better. And I think that a year or two ago, he comes more quickly and gets that ball. But regardless, it was the fact that we were able to come from behind And something that, you know, I honestly, I didn't believe that this Arsenal team had that in them because they haven't proven to us that they have that in them. And it, 
you know, should Arsenal have... I texted my friend about halfway through this match, and I said that this game could be 3-1 to one Arsenal or 4-1 to one Manchester City at this point. And in a similar fashion to how eking out our last win in the Premier League didn't exactly bolster confidence that we were going to be, you know, the <laughs> the team to, in fact, charge forth and win every game left in the season. I don't think that's likely. I don't think that this victory means that. But even with some lax defending and a lot of wasted chances, Danny Welbeck, I know, Paula, you're waiting for that, Danny Welbeck. <laughs> Nonetheless, the to be able to come from behind and take... Take a trip to Wembley away from City is... It's massive. It's massive for this Arsenal team. Um, and it's... Ma- I mean, honestly, Arsene Wenger had to go home and practically weep <laughs> tears of joy. Um, I haven't checked to see if it's a meme yet online, though I'm sure it is, when he <laughs> kind of took his head in his hands at the mischance by, I think, Rob Holding that flashed over the bar. Um, but he called it a mental test. Uh, in Arsenal's comeback for this one. And it it was. I mean, granted, I think that you can make an argument that any time you're playing top-flight football or, you know, top-level professional sport generally, there's a mental test involved, and Arsenal have, I don't know what the opposite of fi- flying color is, uh, failed those with beige drudgery, I don't know, to <laughs> spectacularly failed in any case. And... That they were able to come from behind and even, again, like, we, 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 this game should have been out of sight for Arsenal. Um, but they, they let City hang around and thank God that they weren't punished for it. But nonetheless, uh, if, there is a, if there are Arsenal fans out there right now who feel torn about this, and I, I know that some are, I know that some are, because... They want their, you know, they're doing the NFL draft pick thing where you cheer against your team at the end of a bad season because you hope that next year things will be better. Although we've also spoken about that in this and that in the NFL, that has a direct and rule-based metric. Like, there's a logic to that that makes sense. I still think it's wrong. But from an Arsenal standpoint, to cheer against the team because you want to see the manager sacked is I know that you make the argument that, in fact, what I'm saying is short-sighted, but, and that that is playing the long game. I, I reject that entirely. If there's any Arsenal fan who isn't absolutely over the moon about last night's victory, then they need to check their priorities about why they give a damn about football to begin with. Because this is what, I mean, you know, Raising pint glasses with other people at the bar after an unexpected and dramatic, if nail-biting, win. If you if you can't take joy from that, then you've got the wrong hobby, my friends. I'm not going to say that I'm basking in this glory, but I'm totally basking in the glory that Pep comes to England and doesn't win anything in his first year. That's real nice. Uh, and the other side is Tottenham really need to figure out how the hell to play at Wembley because they're going to be playing there pretty often coming up. Yeah, unless they really bring in some extra labor to get that new stadium finished ahead uh, of schedule. That's, that's not going to happen. I know I, I, I said that a couple weeks ago that it was um, it might happen. And ultimately, I, the last report I read was that Tottenham's ushers had been told that the team's going to be playing their home games at Wembley next year. Yeah, and I mean, they did uh, apply 
to have the full capacity of the arena and all that stuff too. So, which I don't think they're legally allowed to get. How come? I because I think that part of the provisions of the stadium is that it can only be the full capacity, like can only be used for like football matches x amount of times a year. And well, I think that was for the Champions League, though. I don't think it was for the league. I, I could be wrong. I think here. it's I think it's in total. I think it's in total. So, you know, when you add up, you know, you have the FA Cup semifinals, the FA Cup final, the League Cup final, the playoff finals. Uh, when you add up like all those games that that Wembley hosts plus England games, I think it it puts Tottenham into a little bit of a bind because they are not going to be the they're not the primary tenants of the stadium. The stadium belongs to the FA. They get to they are they get first dibs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't remember. It was it was a while ago that came out. I don't remember if it was for all home games or if it was just for the Champions League that they asked for. Um, yeah, ah, whatever. I'm not gonna find that now, anyways. Um, <laughs> but yeah, they they do need to figure that out, especially if they're gonna spend. You know, basically a whole season there. Um, I mean, they will spend a whole season. Do you think this is going to affect how things shake down in the in the league, though? Will this have any bearing on how things end up? The FA Cup semifinals. Yes. Do you feel like Tottenham could be a little bit deflated now? So that's what I would. That's what I would worry about is is if you're Tottenham because remember last year it was a draw with Chelsea. Obviously. It, it, Obviously, it was a little bit more extreme because they lost the league with that draw. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was a draw with Chelsea, and a couple of red cards went flying. And that saw them spiral down the rest of the season, which ultimately carried over into this season, which at this point now, you can look back at the beginning of the season and say, hey, if Tottenham didn't start out so cold, because remember how they started, mm-hmm. it wasn't great. Let me pull that up. They started out, what was the record? With a draw win and then a draw again. Oh, so they didn't start out terribly, but it was a little bit questionable at the beginning, especially with just a 1-0 win over Crystal Palace. That, that didn't look great. Drawing against Liverpool, who at the time weren't that great. Um, you could be looking at that now and saying, oh, the, the slow start to the season, you know, if they win just one more of those games, they're two points behind Chelsea. Mm-hmm. Yep. No, that's true. That's true. Speaking of Crystal Palace, they will take on the Eagles at Sellers Park on Wednesday. Yeah. And that's a dangerous match because look at who Chelsea, look at who Crystal Palace have beaten this month. Yes. Arsenal, Chelsea, Liverpool. That's a big, uh, that's a big one. But yeah, Spurs are the team that I would worry about. City, I would also worry about City because they have a history of, they have a history of, you know, kind of not caring, not caring once they're out of things or once, or once they think that they have things in the bag. And, you know, they're, they're one point ahead of United. They play United this week. It, things could go south for them quickly, although at the same time, you can always rely on United to drop some more points. Yeah. I think we'll get to this game later, but I think the game on Thursday will decide who ends up in fourth. Uh, I really hope it does. I can't be... I can't confirm that. I can't 
back that. Yeah. Before I mean, we... I hope it does yes. right now if the outcome is positive. Yeah. Then we should say congratulations to Newcastle United, who clinched promotion to the Premier League after beating Preston 4-1 on Monday today. And uh, it's uh, Newcastle and uh, Brighton and all be whatever they're called. Brighton, I'm Brighton just gonna, and Hull. I'm just going to call them Brighton. It's, it's, I mean, Newcastle, it's a good story for them, but, you know, they're not, they're not Brighton. It's the story is, oh, Newcastle got sent down and they're right back up. Yeah. You know, Brighton's a fun story. Newcastle, it's welcome back DeAndre Yedlin. And now we get to make fun of Rafa Benitez again. Yes. I mean, with, with the squad they have too, though, I mean, if they wouldn't bounce by, back right up, it would be pretty, pretty bad. Because they're sitting on some very expensive players. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we'll see too. I mean, Alexander Mitrovic has played well in championship. He had glimpses, I felt like, last season in the Premier League. We'll see he if, did. if he's, you know, more more attuned to the game here in England now and if he can keep on developing. Because I, I feel like the sort of his base talent or whatever you want to call it, he's a very talented player. He just needs to keep his emotions in check a little bit better. Sort of what Diego Costa has done this season. And yeah. I think he could become a very f- effective Premier League player. Um, so yeah, good, good on them. Uh, I don't know how, how who was on the, uh, whatchamacallit, um, promotion playoffs spots. Let's see. That's easy to figure out. Let's see here. Ooh, we got Fulham, Huddersfield, Sheffield Wednesday, and Reading. Give me. I can do. I can. I can live with Fulham coming back to the to the league. Yeah, but what happened to Leeds? They're in seventh. There's three points behind Fulham. They better get their act together. Uh, let's see, Aston Villa. They're down in twelfth. Yeah. <laughs> QPR nineteenth. <19th. laughs> yep. Blackburn 22nd. Yeah, Uh, out of those teams, yeah, I would say Fulham too. Or Sheffield Wednesday, actually. At least Bolton's on track to go back to the championship. Yeah, yeah, I would say give me Sheffield Wednesday if it's going to be among the teams that are in it right now. Otherwise, I want Leeds up so we can beat them. Moving on and looking ahead a little bit. Uh, tomorrow we got Chelsea against Southampton. Chelsea probably in good spirits here after the win over the weekend. Arsenal to take on Leicester. Do you feel like Arsenal can start getting things together here and sort of salvage the season, at least finish in fourth, or it's too far of a gap? No, it's I'm, well, the gap is big, but they can certainly salvage things. This is Arsenal's time of the season, when you know April, when they they turn things on and they finish strong. You know, but, we've seen them do this so many their, times. But their April hasn't been that good. Yeah, but they'll they'll they have what two more games in April and then four more in May. Watch them, watch them win five games the rest of the year. Hmm. Oh, I don't know. Let's see. Uh, April they have 
And I reserve the right to count the FA Cup as one of those five if I have to. <laughs> they got a 2-2 draw against Man City, 3-0 win over West Ham, 3-0 loss to Crystal Palace, 2-1 win over Middlesbrough, and then the 2-1 win over Manchester City. Yeah. I mean, it's decent. It's not bad. What really killed them was the the stretch there between late January and March where they had four losses in five games. Yeah. That's really poor. Ugh. Yep. Yeah, we'll see what happens there. Still no word on Arsene Wenger or what's going to happen. Um, yes, they have to. He, come on. He said after the game over the weekend that, you know, he doesn't know what what the future is, but nobody can question his dedication to the club. And I don't think that's really been the issue, though. I mean, everybody can see that Wenger bleeds Arsenal colors. Right. But it's just that it might just be time. It is. It's just like ownership has to make a decision here. Yeah, I think it's it's hurt them that they haven't come out and said what's going to happen. I don't think it's going to – it's not going to be a – I mean, and it would be pretty bad too if, you know, let's say they they lose the FA Cup final and then after that you're going to be like, oh, Wenger is gone. Like that's not a very fitting end. It's not a – it doesn't give the supporters that actually like him a chance to give him a proper send-off. Or it's going to be, oh, they, they win the FA Cup final, oh, Wenger is staying for one more year. And then you're like, uh, shouldn't you just go out on a high note here, buddy? So I feel like it's a lose-lose if they wait until the end of the season. Right. So, yeah, yeah they should have. It's weird. It's sort of like the thing, you know, we'll switch sports here a little but Polly, both you and I are big hockey guys, and it's sort of like when you go into the season with your star player as a pending UFA. It's it's just not good because there's too much focus being put on. Oh, is he going to sign? Is he going to sign? Or is he gonna, uh, I don't know. Uh, you you. I mean, that happens. I don't know because it's it's more of like, a, are you going to trade him? Yeah. But it's still that all that focus being taken away from what the focus should be on which is right. the product on the ice or on the pitch. So we'll see what happens. Maybe, just maybe, the board, you know, come to a decision here and let us know. Arsenal, they have seven games remaining. So, uh, yeah. We'll get to our scoring predictions here in a little bit. But, yeah, Leicester at home in the next fixture. And then big one on Thursday, Manchester Derby at the Etihad. Manchester City, Manchester United. I'm, I, I, I have very mixed emotions going into this one. Part In what of, way? Well, part of me is like, they're due to beat City. I mean, we, we have. You know, we beat them in the League Cup in a game that as much as people want to say it's the League Cup, I mean, it was the second round, third round of the League Cup, and both teams put out their best 11. Mm-hmm. What does that say? That, that, that said that, that both something. teams were already 
in the we better win this game mode. Um, you know, we beat them last year. It, this isn't this isn't like uh, uh, when Louis Van Hal first took over, and and City had beaten us four or five times in a row. Yeah, that's true. you know we we have beaten them. We have and I uh I, we beat them at Old Trafford two years ago, I guess. Yeah, I mean we haven't had the success that we want to have against them, but I don't know if, I don't know if I would use the word do. Revenge. For the game earlier in the season in the league. That, that derailed our entire season. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, there, there's some fun things here. Like last time the two sides met on a Thursday in the Premier League was November of 1994 when Andrei Kelchinski scored a hat-trick and United won 5 nothing. Oh, let's look. Don't forget this. We are used to playing on Thursdays. Manchester City is not. And apparently playing on Thursdays is a big deal because every manager, like apparently that's the reason everybody hates the Europa League. Whenever mm-hmm. somebody goes to the Europa League, they all say, well, now we have to play Thursdays because apparently playing on Thursday is a lot different than playing on a Tuesday or a Wednesday. Yep. Yeah, Thursday, that's the, that rest day otherwise. That's the that's the forbidden word Yep. to say Thursday. So we are very experienced in doing that because we've done it almost every Thursday of the season. True. Um. City have not. So let's not forget about that. Let's not forget that City are um, – City have a – let's think. They're not that great at home. You know, they're not bad, but they're not amazing at home. Same mm-hmm. way we're not amazing at home. And we're very good away from home. Yep. Yeah, and I mean it could – do you think it actually could be to United's advantage too that City had sort of a tough game against Arsenal that went to extra time? Yeah, I, I definitely think it could be to their advantage. Uh, we managed to get through Burnley, and we, we did it in the smart way of scoring early so that the second half we were able to take things easy. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know why Marcus Rashford stepped on the field in that game, to be honest. Um, although I also will say I don't know why he didn't start. Because I saw, and then I was like, well, maybe we're resting him. And then I went, but like, what are we resting him for? Like, we still need to win these games. True. You know, it's, it's, it's one thing if you said, okay, we're resting him because we have a big Europa League match on Thursday. And um, we are prioritizing that. But, yeah. you know, it's, it's a Premier League game and then a Premier League game. And it's like, wait a minute, we still need to win these games. But luckily, luckily... Uh, Jose Mourinho finally realized, hey, wait a minute, I have this Anthony Martial guy and I don't have to play him on the wing. I can actually play him as a striker and he's pretty good there. Pretty good, yes. And yeah, with the with the injury to Zlatan, you, we will see Rashford and Martial up front. Yeah, so we'll have our best striker out there for this game. So that's a good that's good news. <laughs> and Rashford was rested. He'll be on the field. Again, I I didn't understand why he came in. Like, once we had the 2-0 lead, it was like, why bother playing him so that he can get injured? And then as soon as he comes on the field, the announcers were like, right away, they're like, something's wrong with Rashford. Hmm. Uh, they're like, he's he's been hanging up at the touchline. He looks off the pace. He doesn't, you know, something looks wrong with him. And it was just dangerous. I didn't I didn't see why he had to come onto the field. But he did. Uh, I believe he's fit. Everything's good. So yeah, I'm I'm cautiously optimistic about this game. Hmm. Yeah, we'll see how that translates when we get into our scoring predictions here. It would, uh, you know, it's 
it hurts that it hurts not having Juan Mata. Yes. Um, that's gonna hurt. Probably having Fellaini on the field is gonna hurt. Yes. Um. But Mkhitaryan, Rashford, um, Martial, maybe Lingard. I'm, 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 it's not terrible. Not terrible. Yep, that's true. I don't. I don't see the reason to be deathly afraid of of City right now. Yeah. We're also playing well. We won like three in a row, apparently. Yeah, and if they go. If they go undefeated from this, or if they if they manage to not lose this game, then they will equal their longest unbeaten top flight run within a single season, twenty four. Yeah, but this isn't. This game isn't about not losing. This game is about winning. You got to oh, yeah. win this game and jump City. Yes. Yeah, a win would put United in fourth. Which is which would frankly be astonishing. Yes. Oh yeah. Yeah, with all those, I mean, twelve draws. They've only lost three games, but they've drawn so many games. Right, and they haven't lost a game since October. So, um, I mean, it, it, it's impressive. But at the same time, I'm not convinced by this team by any stretch of the imagination. No, but I think at this point now, Jose's realizing like he could get the best out of the team if he jumbles it up every so often. You know, like Ashley Young playing right back against Burnley. It, that was a good move. It worked, and, and you know what? He needed to do it because he needs he's going to need to call on Ashley Young to do things down the stretch because he doesn't have anybody else. Now, does that mean you should play Ashley Young at left wing? No. Nope. But, you know, if, you know, you could play Ashley Young or Antonio Valencia right back. To me, they're the exact same player. Yeah. And then, you know, they're lucky they have David De Gea. Yep, that always helps. Yeah. They kept, uh, let's see, United kept four clean sheets in the last five games. Only... And yeah, and it's it's going to hurt that that uh, what's his face, you know, uh, City did play that game on Sunday and it was a tough game. They went to extra time, you know. United went to extra time last Thursday, so that kind of evens out. But it's it does work in United's favor. I mean, it's uh, it will be a, a good game to watch for sure. That's the that kickoff is at three p.m. Eastern on Thursday. Going into our scoring predictions, since we got a couple makeup games here, yes. are we gonna read off the scores from from last week? Ah, <laughs> uh, do we need to? That was oh pretty my. bad. Boy, did we all have a week? You actually got the most right. With what two? Two. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, that was, Elliot and uh, I with one each. Yeah, it wasn't a full. Full ten games. We should say that too, I guess. That's true. Give us some uh, some excuse. But jeez. Yeah. So we got the only thing that we all got right was Bournemouth. <laughs> yeah. So we got four makeup games here this week, uh, starting on Wednesday when Arsenal host Leicester City. Well, technically, it starts on Tuesday. We've already picked the Chelsea side. Yeah, we too. we picked that one. Yes. We so, all went. Except for Elliot, who went 3-0. So I could end up with a monster three. Yeah. Yeah, that would be interesting. Yeah. Uh, all right, so what do we what do we got first? Arsenal Leicester. Ooh, that's a tough one. Well, I, I just think that 
that type of win was what they needed. They might be a little bit tired, but I still think that. Nah, I'll give it. When do we do? When do we do Elliot's part? Oh, that is a good uh, question. I should probably put that in with the FA Cup stuff. <laughs> okay. If you want, do, it... do you want to react on it? I, I I I agree with Elliot that you know this was probably the win that they needed. They needed to to go out there and do this. Hector Bellerin needs someone to tell him what the hell's up with his hair and that it doesn't look good. Mm-hmm. That. That's for sure, um, but it's. I'm finding it interesting that uh, Arsene Bank. You know, this is like the year where the back three is making a comeback. Louis Van Hal tried to do it two years ago, and it failed miserably. But now everybody's kind of coming around to it to the point that two years ago when Louis Van Hal tried to do the back three, I hated it, and now even I'm sitting there going like, "Oh, it's actually probably the best formation." I'm like, yeah. why is the U back three more often? Uh, and the fact that Arsene Wenger's doing it and Arsenal are starting to get some results from it, I think that says a lot. Now, Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain played a lot, played really well in this game, but I don't know if I would play him as the wingback over Bellerin. No. Nope, I would not. Um, they will take this one, though, 2-1. to one. Uh, I'm going to go 2-0 to Arsenal. I'll give him that queen sheet. Okay. And then we have the battle at the bottom as Middlesbrough takes on Sunderland. Sunderland, oh, God. Sunderland dead last 21 points. Middlesbrough second last 24 points. They're both doomed pretty much. Because um, I don't see any of them being able to get enough. It would be if... No, even if Middlesbrough win this one, they're still six points behind Hull. And they got to get past Swansea too. Both of these teams are going down. Let's let's call a spade a spade here. One one. I am gonna give Sunderland the victory behind Jermaine Defoe's fifteenth league goal of the year. He's already maybe checked even out. his what? He's already checked out. He's like I'm done. I'm not going to be here no, next season. because you know what he's playing for? He's playing for a contract next year with a good team. And you want to hear you want to hear a really hot take, a yes. really hot one. Yes. If Manchester United were smart, they would sign him. Oh, have him come off the bench? Yeah. Not just come off the bench, but like think about it. Zlatan is out for at least half the season, if not the whole season, because he might not be here. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you need a third striker because you have Rashford, you have Martial, but neither of them can, you can't go the whole season with bo- just both of them for this, for two reasons. They're young and you, you still need a third striker. Yeah. And you so, think Rooney's gone. Even then, like, can you rely on, you can't, so here's the next part. You need a, you need a player who is not like a super duper star like Zlatan who needs to play every day. Yeah. Uh, you can't have a young player who coming off the, you know, you can't go with three young strikers. Mm-hmm. So you need a veteran who would understand his role and is capable of scoring goals in the Premier League. And right now, I don't know if you could say that about Rooney. I like Rooney would understand his role, but can you say that he's capable that, you know, you, you play a game and you're just like, you know what, we're going to rest Rashford today and we're just going to go, we're going to trot out Rooney as our striker. Yeah. Uh, and rely on him to score goals. But Jermaine Defoe could come on and score 10 goals. And that's all you need. 
You pay yeah. him. You pay him a lot of money. He's never played for a top team before. So you say, hey, you'll have the chance to get into the Champions League. You'll have a chance to, you know, play a few games. You'll have a chance to make a lot of money. You know, there's there's worse things. You know, Ali Gunnar Solskjaer. I'm thinking of Ali Gunnar Solskjaer. His last year, when he came off the bench, he scored like nine goals that year. He made like three starts. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. Or, really, I don't I mean, really see any other players that are sort of in that category. Exactly. Exactly. I, you know, my the big example that I used was was Louis Saha. When United signed Louis Saha, despite the fact they had Van Nistelrooy, they had the up and coming Wayne Rooney. You need a third striker, so Saha came in. Then the following year, you know, they had Rooney and Tevez. But every so often, you got to give one of them a break. And Saha came in. And he played really well until he tore up his knee for like the eighth straight year. Yeah, I was gonna say he was just a little bit too injury prone. I mean, he was he was fine until he was fine that year, though. He yeah. he did score it, you know, towards the beginning of the year. Yep. Then we got. But yeah, I'm going two 0 yeah, You're going two 0 Yeah. Crystal Palace taking on Tottenham. Crystal Palace coming off that two one win over Liverpool. Christian Benteke. Scoring both goals against his former club. Did not celebrate. So I guess that Interesting, was... Interesting. He, was... exactly, he wasn't exactly well-liked. Uh, no. He was basically shunned from Liverpool. Right. So, and, uh, yeah, he didn't have a... He didn't, it's not yet an enjoyable year there. No. I mean, classy move of, by him, I guess. I would have just been like, F you... Um, thrown both fingers up and got myself a suspension or something. But it would have been worth it. With the window, um, Crystal Palace climbed all the way up to 12th place. They have 38 points. Are they safe? Crystal Palace? Yeah, they're very safe. Very safe. They're very safe. I mean, that's the thing too. Benteke, he's not one of the top strikers in the league, but he's still a very good striker that can make a big difference for a team like Crystal Palace. To go back to Louis Saha in 2008, his, I think it was his final year with United, he played 17, he had 17 league appearances. He scored five goals, three of them as a substitute. He made six starts and he scored two goals. So if, if you can get that out of Jermaine Defoe, sign me up. Now we're talking about Christian Benteke. He has 14 goals. He is doing a little bit better, and they need him to score this week against Tottenham. That's not easy. Um, but And again, you got to prevent Harry Kane from scoring. Harry Kane scores against London teams at all times. And then there's Deli Alley, who has like 20 goals this year, I think. He's, he's done that he's pretty under the radar, considering how good he is. Yes. Well, I mean, a lot of the focus has been on Kane, who's sort of... I don't know why people just now are recognizing it. Maybe it's because he's been consistently good now for a while that people are like, hey, Harry Kane is actually one of the better strikers in Europe. And I'm like, yeah, duh. I feel like we saw that last year. Is it really a shocker that he's considered being one of the better strikers in Europe? No. Yeah, but when you, I mean, you think about it. So Kane right now is second in the race for the Golden Boot. He's four behind. Romo Lukaku. So he's probably not going to catch him. Uh, Deli Ali is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven with 16. He's got 16 league goals. And yeah. it's just been so quiet. He's done it so quietly. 
Yeah, I mean, that's impressive. And that that's the thing, too. That's why you see them being where they are, too. Because, like you said, you got Kane in second, then Ali in seventh, just as... And he's probably... He'll climb into at least six because he's probably going to pass lots on. Yeah. He needs one goal to pass lots on. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, that's the thing you see with Chelsea, too. Chelsea, they got Costa with 17 and then Hazard with 14. So having having two top-notch finishers is always a plus. Always a plus. <laughs> the website that I'm looking at that has this list gives lists everybody in their actual proper name, and it's hilarious. Oh, we got some, like, Ro- some long ones. Romo, Kaku, Minama. Minama, yep. Alexis, Alejandro, Sanchez, Sanchez. Oh, he's uh, Sanchez, Sanchez. Sanchez, Sanchez. Sergio, Leono, Aguero, Del Castillo. That's a fairly long one. Uh, well, Josh King is up there with 14. That's insane. Yes. Fernando Oriente Torres. So we have a second Fernando Torres in there. Oh. Nice. Roberto Firmino Barbosa de, Ol- de Oliveira. I mean, the the best name, though, will always be Ronaldo Luis Nazario de Lima. That's just a beautiful name for Fat Ronaldo. <laughs> that's the english translation <laughs> yeah fat ronaldo pudgy ronaldo god he was good he was so damn good uh but enough about that crystal palace tottenham oh i mean they gotta keep the pressure on here especially if chelsea goes and win tomorrow i'll go two to one tottenham The question is, uh, I think Palace nips them here. I mean, they're in great form and they played really this well against the This would be the teams. Tottenham game. This would be the Tottenham game to go Tottenham. Yes, this would be the Spurs game to Spurs. I'll go 2-1 to, to Palace. Oof, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I kind of want to go with you, but no, I, I'll, I'm sticking to my prediction there. Then Thursday, that Manchester derby, Manchester City taking on Manchester United. I mean, I want to say United win. So say it. You're allowed to say whatever you want. Hey, I did get the Burnley one right. It's a free reign. Yeah, you did. The only one that had faith in us. Yep. Yeah, well, I figured they got to score a turf more at some point, right? Yeah, we had never scored a league goal there. Yeah. yeah. Screw it. Give me the win. Two to one. Give me ah, you one. stole my score line. Right, give me a two one. I'm I got I'm going right with you. Two one. Oof. Yeah, this will be and I really think that this is gonna decide who whoever ends up in fourth. I think if United wins this one, momentum can just keep them to actually play a little bit above their capabilities and finish in fourth. And I mean I'm talking keeping City behind them by like a point. That's all you need to do. Yeah, yeah. If City wins, you don't this... even need to do that. You just need to flip the goal differential. Yeah, as yeah. we know all too well. Yeah, if City wins it though, that's just gonna deflate them too much. I really think that you know if they would, because then it would be four points behind again, and no, no, you know they would have to rely on other teams to do them a favor and beat City. So. I mean, oh, God. It's it's sort of an anxious feeling going into this one. 
I'm not going to worry about it until Thursday, but on Thursday I'll, because again, it's like the, it's, it's weird. Cause like we've turned our season around to the point that the top four is now very realistic. Yeah. But it, is it just giving us false hope Did that Chelsea win where they looked so good? Was that just giving us false hope? It's not even it. It's just go out there and play well again. Just go out there and play well again. I'm not buying like whether if they win this game, I'm not going like, okay, we're going to finish in the top four because I still don't trust us to beat crystal palace or to beat uh, Swansea or any of the other crappy teams that we still have to play or go out or go to Tottenham and beat Tottenham who destroyed us at white heart lane last year in what I think is the final game at white heart lane. Yeah. And we all know how well we played at the final game at West Ham last year. Mm. So I don't trust us to, go out there and and finish things off but it's it's just weird that the again so again my hopes are you know i'm i'm more nervous about celta vigo next week in the europa league but it's it's weird because i've been so turned off to the top four since december when at one point like at one point in jose Mourinho said oh the top four is unrealistic in december even though it's like have you ever watched this game before that it, it, it's a roller coaster. There's ups and downs throughout the entire season, dude. Like you can't just rule things out in December because it's six points, which is funny because when a team goes up by six points in December, people are always like, well, I guess the title race is over. Yeah. I mean, dude, come on. Like you lose one game and the other team wins one game. They obviously will play each other again in the second half of the year. <laughs> ah, so it's weird because the top four is, is very realistic again, but I still, I still don't buy into it, so. Yeah, we'll see how you feel after Thursday. We'll see. Let's uh, top things off here with our final thoughts. I forgot to mention last episode that Harry Redknapp is back in the game. Our favorite wheeler it. and favorite wheeler and dealer. And, I mentioned uh, that he's going to be competing with United for Jermaine Defoe's signature. Yeah, taking over Birmingham there as. Uh, Gianfranco Sola left the team. What I do love is that he's also an advisor, Harry Redknapp, that is. To, he's an advisor to the Central Coast Mariners and director at Southern Football League Club Wimborne Town. So he's keeping his irons hot like all over the place. I'm wondering how much advising he's going to be able to do to the Central Coast Mariners. And how did that even work since they're in Australia? Just Skype call them every once in a while or? I I don't even know. Hey, hey guys, come on. It's time for our <laughs> weekly video chat with Harry Redknapp. Yeah. I mean. Who, Lord knows. That is just such a weird thing, but happy to see Harry back because he's always good for a quote or two. So congrats to him, I guess. Polly, what's your final thought here before we sign off? Uh, I don't have one. <gasps> you don't have one? Damn. Got all my thoughts into the show. Okay, well, let's take a look at the headlines real quick then. <laughs> Do you need me to make one? Oh, all right. I'll get one. Yes. Here you we can, go. You can talk about that stupid classical game if you want. Oh, it was stupid. What do you mean? No, dude, that was one of the best games I've seen. I know it was really good. It was really It was good. it was two teams. I I I woke up. I I turned it on at the start and immediately fell asleep. And I woke up for the last half hour and what I watched was two teams just completely bypassing the midfield. Mm-hmm. There was no midfield in this game. 
each going down and just ripping shots that all went on target. So each goalie was just making saves. Real Madrid finally ties it up with five minutes to go. And then Barcelona, excuse me for using a term from another sport, goes coast to coast for the winner, where when that midfielder turned the defender, you just knew, oh, Real Madrid are in trouble. Mm -hmm. He still had to go two-thirds down the field, and you still knew Real Madrid are in trouble. And then they play that ball back to the top of the box, and you just, you're like, well, there's nobody really there, but like you just knew someone from Barcelona was going to come running onto it. And you said, if it's Messi with that left foot, game over. Yeah. And Leo Messi scoring the goal and then taking his jersey off and just holding it up in front of the crowd is just the cockiest but <laughs> tremendous move, all time move from Messi. And the referee comes over, gives him a yellow card, and he probably had that, like, in the Mighty Ducks when they take the penalty in, in, in that movie. Yep. You know, two minutes, well worth it. Leo probably was just like, cool. Yeah, I'll take that one. <laughs> he should have done more of a Ronaldo there with the abs, though. Yeah, we don't need that. <laughs> yeah, Ronaldo Real... throwing a hissy fit on the bench. Oh, my yeah. God. Yeah, I mean, Real had 14 shots on target in this one. Dude, Ronaldo, nine. you went to Real Madrid. You didn't go there to win league titles. Yeah, if you wanted league titles, you would have stayed at United and you would have... A lot. How many more? You'd have at least at least one more. And because we've won two since you left, you've won one. And I can guarantee you that the year that we lost to Chelsea by a point, we would have won the title that year. And the year we lost the City on goal differential, we would have won the title that year too. Yep. And the year that we won on Van Persie's 30-goal season, we might not have had Van Persie, but we probably would have won the title. Yes, because Ronaldo would have had 30 goals instead. Yeah. Made 10 goals with just his abs. <gasps> yeah, there you go. Okay, well, that will do it for this episode. We'll be back again later in the week. Hopefully, Polly and I will be in good spirits. Uh, until then, follow us on Twitter. Polly is PQuistelWFAN. I'm Seb Noren. And Elliot is Keith was better. So until next time, and be sure to give FanRag Sports a follow as well. Have a good one. Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly plus free daily bonuses, so don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW report prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18+. Plus.